Hello and welcome to Four on Goal Prem Focus. I'm your host Adam Noble and today I'm joined by Simon and Gary. How are you both doing? Over the moon. Over the moon, you sound, you sound good, like good it. Good to be here. Good to good be to here. Be it's here. good to have you back. It's good to have you back on Prem Focus. How are you doing, Gary? I'm superb, mate. Good? Glad to be here as usual. Oh, you know you love it. I know you love it, Gary. You're an absolute animal for Premier League news. Um, before we start today, just give a shout out to our channel sponsor, Mandrews95 or Michael Andrews, as some of you may know him. Lovely guy, streams loads of great different games. I mean, this week he's been so active, my phone's been lighting up with the amount of streams he's done, so give him a follow um, and give him a shout out. He's a lovely guy, um, so do give him a look into. So, where should we begin this week, guys? Should we should we look back over the last week predictions and how the Premier League went for the last weekend? Or anyway, Sounds good it, to me. Sounds good to me. Gary, do you want to lead us off? Well... It's a bad week for predictions for me, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, you didn't get a very high score this last week. No, I got, a lower, I got a lower score last week. You've been exposed to an absolute fraud. You know, I thought I was unlucky with quite a few of the results. We, we've, we've got you on Prem Focus, mate, and you don't know what you're talking about, so I was just slightly worrying. Well, I'm sure I'll name the player, though, later on. So, oh, uh... I haven't actually thought of that for you. So you, you start off with, um, <laughs> you start off with um, some of the looking. To, I'll, I'll find us a prem player to talk about. You, you go ahead though. Leaders in, leaders into the Premier League news. Well, if we start just with the first game of the weekend, Newcastle Chelsea. Quite a good game, to be fair, for an opening of the weekend. It's usually quite boring. Well, it was actually quite mm. a uh, good, good game. I thought anyway. I think it, it was one of those games which Chelsea have kind of just said, "Yeah, we're going for the title now." You know, a solid 2-0 out of their sips clean sheet in seven games. They're the league's top goal scorers. They're looking like a superb all-round team. It, and there's yeah, not it, many of those at the moment. <laughs> it's Chelsea's defence, which is uh, kind of scaring me. I knew they'd score a lot of goals this season, but that's another clean sheet for them. And the thing about the start of the season, though, we were all saying that they just couldn't stop conceding, and now they've shut up shot quite well. Uh-huh. I think Thiago, Sivas, uh, Thiago Silva... Is uh, showing his quality now, and just from the full backs to the centre backs, they have a, a really great back line there with some world class talent. Yeah, since that 3 all against West Brom, they had they've really focused on defending, and with their front line, they're always going to score goals. Like players like Timo Werner are going to score every game pretty much or be involved in a goal. So, he was quite unlucky at the weekend as well. The amount of chances he had to score and he just didn't yeah. score one, he was quite unlucky. But it's like it's, it's worrying how. He, he looks like the predatory instincts are there already as a striker. That is just scary to see how he's looking. And, and by the by the way, Chelsea fans, did you see how they turned on him after that one? Um, where he, he went to lay it off for, um, I can't remember who was in the middle, but the amount of abuse he got from the fans for, the, for that is, mistake. I'm, I'm not going to lie, this is what Chelsea fans are like. I, I, won't, um, <laughs> I won't lie, this is what a bit, they're, they're a little bit like now, I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't return really your striker for that. I mean, the, the guy's got clearly got the ability to score loads of goals to them, so they need, they need to be a little bit more considerate, really. I mean, one bad sit, I mean, no matter if, West, if, I, if I abused every West Ham player and did that, I, would, I wouldn't stop tweeting. I'd be, I'd be yeah. permanently on, permanently going. <laughs> but yeah, there's no doubt Chelsea are looking a real team, even if they do have the crappiest fan base in the league. <laughs> you know, We're, all the Chelsea fans are going to not tune into our show anymore. Well, we already know Chelsea fans are awful. You know, if, if they lose one game, they want the manager out. If they win one game, they think they're going to win everything. You know, that's just Chelsea fans for you. <laughs> um, yeah, they do look a really good side. And right quite... now, I think they're the best team in the league. 
if you look at how they've been for the last this season, I mean, they, they should really be like over the moon because this is probably the best start they've had in ages, surely. Yeah. It should really be sort like, of pleased with where they are. the league, only behind Tottenham. And we all know Tottenham are going to start falling down at some point. Yeah, uh, they 100%. always do. <laughs> so all Chelsea have to do is keep doing what they're doing and they'll win the league. Yeah, yeah. No, Chelsea definitely. have that that they have that pedigree built into them where we know they can win the league, but we'd that's why they were me. Up. That's <laughs> we'd, why we'd rather they didn't win the league, but yeah, they, yeah, they can do it. I'd rather they didn't, but I think I'd still rather see them win it than Tottenham. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and um, I thought Newcastle done better in this game, but um, I think they're going to be a bit hit and miss side this season. I think they've improved, and I don't have to be in a relegation battle like they were last year, but. Yeah, I think um, I think they could be the new Palace. In well, they're we'll just come on the there. Palace as well because I want to right. roast them this week. I've been waiting for this, <laughs> this chance. But, um, yeah, and I think they're going to be hot and cold, aren't they? Very. They'll turn up one week. Next week they won't be there at all. They'll be a lot worse than they were. So yeah, hundred percent. Callum Wilson didn't really show up either. Was he playing? Should have been. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, think I any of the that. I don't think any of the Newcastle players really turned up. Like no, yeah, this is, this is what I mean about it's like so this, Newcastle are going to be dissimilar to Palace, and there's a few teams in the league you can name at the moment. Are sort of they're making up the numbers, and I can understand the frustration of the big teams when you've got literally teams that are just like they're just filling the league out because they're just there. Like Callum um, Wilson wasn't playing. No, okay. Yeah, still they had Jolinton up front, which uh, is a massive yeah. uh, talking point for Jolinton actually. Is he hasn't scored in eight games this season, but he tried lobbing the keeper for about forty yards out. Yeah, I was just I thought that. It, was, it went nowhere near. It went nowhere yeah. near. Wasn't needed. Um, we'll move on though. We'll move on. It was it was a good start to the weekend's fixtures, and it, Chelsea. This is this is one of our talking points this week. It is making the title race quite interesting. So I do have a player for you now. Um, to name the player, I'm sure as soon as I say this one, Gary might get it. But I, I was thinking about this earlier. So he started his career, his career at Cambridge United. He moved to Charlton. Mm. He played for Aldershot. Then he went to York. Oh. Then he went back to Charlton. Then he was at Bury. Then he was at Charlton again. And then he's now, and now he plays for Burnley. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, plays <laughs> for Burnley? Yeah, yeah, he now plays for Burnley. So Simon's I, was, I was thinking Danny. I was uh, thinking uh, Danny Hilton. No, no, no. no and no, England. No. And, and, it, so, and he, now he's also represents England. So Simon, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you think about it for the rest of the show, but I will give you first shout out because Gary seems to get it every week. Yeah, Gary, well, I, I think I know who it is. Okay, do you want to go? Should we do it now? Then come on, let's do it now. Who is it? Well, there's only only one Burnley player in the England squad, and that in the is England squad. and that is <laughs> Nick, Nick that Pope. Is. There yeah. you go. Well done. You got it this week. Well, that wraps up. This if, you had, if you had <laughs> if you hadn't told me it was in the England squad, I would have never got that. So. No, Gary gave it away. Well done, Gary. He only played like four games for all shots, to be fair, online. I'm going to stop doing Premier League players because it's just too easy for you. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know he uh, he played for all the shot there. Yeah, it was only a little loan spell for like a month. Yeah. But there we go. Cool. There we go. You got it this week, so that's well done. Well, well it wasn't actually that long ago, so fair play to him. Like the rise he's yeah. had is like Jamie Vardy level. 100% I won him at West Ham. Um, so speaking of, as I say, speaking of another Claret and Blue team, I suppose if you're linking them to Burnley somehow, another tenuous link for you. Aston Villa versus Brighton. Um, Villa losing that game. I didn't expect that at all, really. Brighton actually won it. And um, there's quite a few controversial calls in that game as well, with the penalties, um, with the red card as well. So, do you think it was a rundown of that one, Gary, a little bit on that one? What happened that game? 
Well, like you said, there was VAR controversy, so... We feel like we said it every week, we should just say yeah. VAR happened. There's no <laughs> doubt VAR it was a very happened. even game for the first 60-70 minutes. Brighton yeah. 2-1 up, probably deserved a lead, a lead. Welbeck scored his first goal as well for Brighton, so, you know, he Yeah, no, I saw that. It was a good, a really it was a good, good goal. It was a good goal as well, actually. I was quite impressed with that. You know, only his third appearance being set up by Adam Lana. Uh, Lana looks like he's injured for the Liverpool game. Whereas Lamptey no, no, obviously got two that's yellow right. cards, so he was sent off. But yeah, Villa should have had a penalty in the 90th minute. There was like clear uh, contact by uh, March, I believe it was, the Brighton player. Sorry, March. And, yep. And then the referee's gone over to the monitor, looked at it and went, nah, that's not enough. <laughs> and <laughs> he hasn't given a penalty. But there's clear, there was clear no contact. contact. Mm. Like it wasn't like... It was 50-50. Like, there's a foul in there, and then it's a penalty. But for some reason, he's overturned his decision. I think refs now, when they're being asked to go to the pitch side monitor, they're feeling like they have to change their decisions. Yeah, I suppose they're thinking if they're going over there to look, they're thinking there must be a reason. There must be a reason to overturn this. So it's giving them them something to look at. So. Yeah, so I think in a sense that's a good thing. Yeah, but this is what the problem is. We've we've dug so much into it. We're now getting in the ref's heads. Yeah, it's starting to think. No, there must be a reason for me to change it. There must be a reason for me to um have to look at this. But yeah, it looks like it like Villa were definitely denied a point in that game. They should have had the draw. Yeah, but I think this is what we're going to see from Villa now. They're going to start struggling against the smaller teams like Brighton. Yeah, I think you're going to see a. Uh, more kind of scrappy performances where they try and dig yeah. out results. Um, I said, I actually said a draw for this game. I, I wish You're I'd close, fully yeah. committed to you the Brighton close. win. Um, but yeah, like Gary says, they Villa probably did deserve something, but that's that's football. Yeah, and I, I well, you would have got the draw as well if the penalty wasn't yeah, overturned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that penalty decision, but it wasn't that game. It was a keeper coming off the line. That was the United game. But I mean. Yeah. Villa, the Villa. Oh, I think about Villa. What's going to happen is it's going to be largely the same for them this season. Maybe I think they'll have a better season. I don't think we'll see them in a relegation battle, but I think they'll improve. But we're going to see them. Um, we're going to see them up and down a bit more. And I mean, you could argue that some of their players are international duty. With Grealish was in the, obviously in the England team only on Wednesday, so he did a bit of a short spell to um, recover. But again. Um, I was, I was a bit surprised, really. I have I have Brighton down as a relegation team this season, so it did catch me out that result. But I, I think Brighton will probably have enough. With, if, if they can keep Welbeck and Lalana fit, they'll have a good season. But as you've already said, Lalana's injured for the Liverpool game, so there's no shock there, really, is there, to be honest? No. But I expect both teams to be bottom eight come the end of the season, to be honest. I don't think yeah. either will be top half. Um, but the problem for Villa now is um, Ross Barkley picked up an injury in the game as well. And obviously, really? him and Grelish were looking really good together. Yeah, so, that's, so that's, if he's that's out for a while, with, um, that could be a yeah. few bad games for them. But that's that's the thing with um, Barkley as well. I know Villa; he's a great player, but that's this is what um, the problem with some that there's some of the players that have bought the lower teams in the league, like West Ham, also included in that. But they go for players that can't quite make it at top clubs because their injury record. And look what happens: we had that with uh, Jack Wilshere, a great player, but he never stayed fit. So, and that's one of Barkley's biggest issues: is staying fit. So. If they can keep him fit, they'll have a good season. But again, it comes down to the players they've got. Talking about Jack Wilshere, great tackle on his wife the other day. 
<laughs> what was that about? I, I've not seen this. What are you talking about? He, he posted on Instagram like him playing football against his wife, and he just kept nutmegging her, and then gave her the ball, and then just sly tackled her and wiped her out. <laughs> it looks like, no, it looks like an inspiration. It looks yeah. like he's found his level. It looks like he's found his level of football okay. to play at. Um, I'm not sure what clubs are looking at going, he can tackle a woman. I think this guy's got it. After the time he um, jumped out of the tumble dryer at West Ham and tried to scare a player when he was was meant to be injured, that was the moment I thought, this guy's a bit of a prick. Um, I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) He definitely doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he does. So moving on, um, Tottenham versus Man City. This is is, is what's making the title race interesting, that teams, I I thought City were going to walk it against Spurs, but they won. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean... But you went for a draw. Well, yeah, yeah, I thought, I, yeah, I know I went over a draw. I thought it may end up being that, but I just yeah, always at the back of my mind. I always expect City just to walk every game, and they're starting to show that they're not. Well, I mean, look at City's recent record at um, Tottenham's new stadium. It was kind of it carried on. I don't, I'm not sure they actually scored a goal at their new stadium, um, Man City. They've, I think they've got conceded five in three already, games or something. A bit of a bogey team. Yeah, so um, I kind of suspect. You know, I, I mean, it could have gone either way, but for me, you know, I thought the recent theme would carry on and Tottenham would come out on top, and they look so dangerous at the moment. We, we say it every week how how good their attack looks, but yeah, Son lead, leading the line again, getting another goal. What a player Fair Son play. is turning out to be as well. Son's been good for years, but you see, I think he's only going to go up. I don't know how, how old is he. He must be in his mid-20s as well. I think he's yeah. like 27. Uh, yeah, and he, he's starting to reach his prime years, which is scary because I've never, I don't like him, honestly, he's, he's, I don't like any player at plays for Spurs, but he's in his prime yeah, they're not very likable. None no, of them are very likable. No, he's not. But um, what a play, though. Um, uh-huh. His link up with Kane, if they, if they lose that Spursy mentality, it's worrying that they could be title contenders for years to come, a few years to come, really. And they could even do it this season. Um, yeah, and if they are going to get that mentality from somewhere, then maybe Mourinho is the answer to that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah Mourinho's tactics well. this year seem to really be on point. Like, he seems to be getting every decision right at the Maybe moment. he's found the right club for him, to be fair. Maybe he has found mm. the right club, because, um, you know, he's been to a few United, uh, for naming one, um, since he left Chelsea, which has argued some of his best years. He has been sort of wandering around and, sulking a little bit so maybe he's finally found um the right place for him who knows <laughs> club that matches his mentality i think he's done think a great it's... job as well in dropping kane a bit deeper and making son that main striker and that is not something you would think i'd have thought no. about i'd always thought kane's got to be leading the line but that's a that's an interesting take on the way they're playing him i mean and i was sorry i was, I was really impressed with the Tottenham def- defense as well um, we talk about their attack a lot, but I mean, Man City had 22 shots, only five on target. They just couldn't get in a good enough position that's an, to. That's another team that's the same as Spurs has adopted a three at the back system. Um, quite a few teams in the mm-hmm. league have now sort of that's the that's the system yeah. they want to play, and it's um, it's working. I, I mean, and to do as well as they're doing, it must there must be something in mm-hmm. it. And I think that gives um, some of the four players a bit more freedom to roam because they don't have to worry about defending so much. And we always moan about Eric Dyer being crap, but honestly, in the at centre back, he actually looks really solid when he's got someone with a bit of pace next to him. And I mm. think that's exactly what he's just needed because we all know he's not very fast. And when oh, I say not very fast, good. like he's one of the slowest people ever. <laughs> like yeah. him turning around with a ball takes about the whole game. But uh-huh. if you put someone fast next to him at centre back, 
he's a really good player because he he can inset the ball. He's great in the air, and he's just a natural tackler of the ball. Like, yeah, I noticed the amount of blocks he got in on the weekend too. Yeah, defensively, he's one of the best centre backs in the league. It's just the fact his physical, like speed, isn't good enough to be world class. But he's still good enough, and I, I, that's why I understand he's in the England team because he is yeah. defensively so good. But City, they just like they were unlucky at one point because they had a chance to go one all. Jesus scored. They slightly like bounced up onto his arm, so it got disallowed. And had that not been disallowed, then I think C would have gone on to win because they had all the momentum. But it was the right decision, I think. Do you, Do you guys think this could be Man City's worst season under Pep so far? And they've just renewed well, his contract come, as well. Come so, the end yeah. of the season. Well, I said in the summer, I thought it was the worst signing you could possibly make. Like, I wasn't scared of any of their signings. Ferran Torres, Nathan Ake, Ruben Diaz. Like, they're not they're not signings for a, a top four club, let alone someone that should be going for 90-odd points again. They're, yeah. they're mid-table signings, really. They're, they're, the kind of, they're the kind yeah. of players I expect at Leicester or even Tottenham. I wouldn't expect them at City. They're currently eight points adrift as well at the top of the league. Yeah, but they've got one game in hand, I believe. But Yeah, even though they win that, they're still five yeah. off, which is not where you expect them to be at all. I'm um, pretty sure they've already dropped like the same amount of points this season as they had done last season. I think that's what's uh, making it a quite exciting title race because obviously City aren't up there, but teams that haven't been there for a few years are now pushing up there. So yeah, you're not wrong. It is probably their worst start and I'm surprised Pep just renewed his contract, <laughs> which is, um, I thought it might be his swan song, but I think there might be a reason he's staying as messy as um, probably wanting to move as well. So we might see them team up next season, but we'll see. Uh, so moving on, United versus West Brom. Um, United winning 1-0 wasn't exactly a uh, spectacle of a game. Um, and arguably, you could say West Brom could have um, come away with something, couldn't they? So, what, is this the game, I'm, I'm correct in saying, that had that, the, the penalty um, retake. made the retake? Yeah, that was a bit of a... Yeah. yeah, as we said on the Sunday show, United... You're not quite a fan lucky. of that, are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I've brought up a few times now, I keep remembering about it, but... It's a bit annoying, really, because um, West Brom could feel a bit aggrieved there because he, the keeper's got to move. He can't just stand on the spot, and he did move at the right time. So it's a bit harsh to say that's a retake. But United getting like United's luck, aren't they? Weren't they really? And they won one nil. Um, doesn't really do them any favours. They're still mid table, but classic United scoreline: one nil penalty. I mean, every time it comes to predicting United result, I. So I could basically penalty. say, yeah, one nil penalty. You could win millions of pounds just making the one same bet. One nil penalty because that's <laughs> exactly. anyway. And um, I did bring it up on Sunday that out of all of the decisions in the league so far, um, they've had the most VAR calls in their favour, which is obvious. Mm. It's not. It's not by a massive amount. It's only one, but it's not a shock to see them at the top of the table. Um, and it's always a penalty as well. And I just find that. I'm not saying they're diving, but it's just odd that they're always finding it's penalty. Maybe they, maybe maybe they do just play so well that teams are fouling them, but it just seems a bit odd in my opinion that it's always a penalty they seem to be winning by. But they're not just getting it either. Like they had the retaken penalty after it was saved by their ex keeper Sam mm. Johnston, but West Brom also were denied a penalty after the ref gave it, and then he had to go and look at the pitch side monitor, which once again put in doubt into his mind that he's got the decision wrong. And even though, like, I think there was the slightest bit of contact on the ball by Bruno Fernandes, they went, okay, yeah, no foul. Mm. Like, but the the tackle was bad enough to be considered a foul. So 
I still think it was a penalty and West Brom have been very unlucky not to get it because had they got got given the penalty and it stayed a penalty, they go 1-0 up potentially. And yeah. that changes the rest of the game. Um, but United have been so lucky there. Yeah, and, it's, and we oh, keep saying it. Like, yeah, I don't want to spend too long on this. We talk about it and it's getting a bit boring now, but they do get lucky and they do get a lot of decisions in their favour. So I can't see it changing any time soon. It's just the way it always has been. Um, I just It's one of those teams, really. It's always going to be a 1-0. It's always going to be a penalty. Um, and they're not doing too great. And I'm, I'm just a bit of a nothing mid-table team at the moment, United. Um, it's like doing better than City with a game in hand. But again, yeah, not United of old. This was quite an exciting affair. Um, Fulham versus Everton. It was 3-2 in the end. Um, Fulham looking like they might might come back at the end, but they didn't. Um, another missed penalty, another atrocious penalty, to be honest, from Fulham. Uh, I don't know what they're practising on the training ground. Um, but Everton, as, as we all predicted, they won. Um, the Everton from the start of the season's back. Some of their players are fit. Um, and I think they could be um, definitely contending for top four, that's for sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They look, they look quality in all all areas of the pitch. There's no doubt about it. But um, at half time, they're three one up. But I don't know what happened with their second half performance because Fulham looked a much better team. Like they made some subs on 58th minute. They brought Mitrovic and someone else on, and all of a sudden Fulham were the better team. They got a penalty like we, straight away. We could be seeing Fulham start to find their form. I well, don't I think we will. I think, I think they're going to be the kind of team that only mount a comeback when they're 2-3-0 down. Yeah. And they're just never really going to pick up a win. Like They might get a win against like a Sheffield United or a West Brom, but they're not going to get wins against the teams they need to get yeah. wins against to get enough points. Um, but they did look good in the second half when they made the subs. Like Caval- like you said, Cavalero's penalty was absolutely atrocious. Like He just slipped. Yeah, like it, like it was a bit. The ground. surface was a bit wet, but not enough to be slipping like a John Terry Champions League final penalty. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But yeah, but I don't think that would have changed the game, even if they did score the penalty. But Everton did look good, mm-hmm. to be fair. And this was the this yeah. was the highest scoring game, and it was on BBC One. And BBC One Premier League games have always been known to be very boring games. So it's good to have such a high scoring game for once. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of the. Fulham, uh, I think it was Leeds game when they lost four three, and they oh, kind of yeah, dominated. Yeah. Well, they they just just about edged out the dominate the possession in both games. They had a lot more shots, but like you say, until like probably the 60th minute or so, they they did oh, look wow. dreadful. But it's good to see um, Loftus Cheek on the score sheet. I've always rated him as a decent yeah. Premier League player, so it's good to see that he's uh, scoring. Yeah, he and did Bobby really Reed. well. He did really well last week. He brought the ball forward so well. He's just such a powerful player. Uh-huh. Like, he really helped that Fulham midfield. Like he was the dominant force there. But what I wasn't quite sure about was why Mitrovic wasn't playing. Because he is the mm. one person that's going to get you goals if you keep giving him chances. And you got Bobby be... Reid, that's why. Bobby Reid. He's your new favourite player, <laughs> the new Gaston Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, everyone knows you're picking Mitrovic over. Bobby Reid every week. <laughs> Bobby Reid. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's because Mitrovic was on international duty and he was just not very fresh. I don't know, but he's not been scoring very much either. He's not. I don't no. know. I think his prem chance might be over because he hasn't. He's not doing. Um, 
what we expect him to do. He's a big, bulky forward. He's just sort of... Like, You're not like, a fan of Mitrovic, are you? Not, not, not really. Um, I wanted him at West Ham a few years ago after his first little spell in the Premier League because I thought he'd be a good, decent forward. But you can, you can suppose you could say, though, he's in a better team. He might be getting more goals. But um, no, he's not. He's, he's, he's sort of um, stuck there now. Um, yeah. I think the problem with Scott Parker as well, though, is that he doesn't actually know his best starting eleven at Fulham. I don't think he's got a good starting eleven, mate. To tell you the truth, yeah, but he doesn't even know the best eleven he has available. Like, yeah, he's just shopping and changing every week. He's a new manager as well. So I think um, I don't. Well, he had the whole season in the Championship. Yeah, but don't forget, he's not been in the Premier League. It's a different ball game in the Premier League, the Championship. Um, yeah, but you should still know your best team. Yeah, you should know. I think you should have an idea that some players might do better in the Championship than they do in the Premier League. Look at Puki, for example, when Norwich he's back scoring again in Norwich, but. He was shite in the Premier League after like two games, so different mentalities. It's hard to know, but I don't know if he'll get sacked. Um, they might, they may sack him, but I think they'll probably give him a bit of a chance. So another exciting game to talk about: uh, West Ham one nil versus Sheffield United. This was this absolutely thrilling match. I mean, Gary, you 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 couldn't believe it how exciting this game was for a one nil. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wasted an hour and thirty minutes of my life with this game. Um, <laughs> Well, two hours in total. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, I mean, it's good to see Sheffield give a, a bit of fight. Uh, but they, they, they're missing won. something. They're missing kind of that ener- that high energy level. I mean, for example, the, the Allaire goal. I mean, no one closed him down. Last season, someone would have been out there straight away to close him down. You're right. Um, yeah, it's, it's strange to see as well, because that's not the Sheffield United I associate with being a top Premier League team. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, are you happy as, with that result as a West Ham fan? A hundred, well, 100% because I know it's not a thrilling game, but these are games that West Ham historically would just turn up and go, ah, we'll be all right, and then we lose. Um, same against mm-hmm. Fulham. I mean, it's only, it's only a 1-0, but it's, it's three points at the end of the day and we got it, and that's not West Ham don't usually don't do. So, um, got a bit lucky, I think. I think it could have arguably been a draw. Sheffield United could have even nicked it a few times, but... Um, we were we were the better team throughout, really. Sheffield United really didn't threaten us very much. Um, and it's just it was just it was just weird to see them sort of. It's not the same team as last season. They haven't really lost many players either. I mean, they lost um, Henderson. Um, I think they lost. Who, I can't, there's another player. They only lost Henderson. Like they haven't yeah, lost, they, they any, haven't lost any quality. Spot. Yeah. Um, Sander Burge looked good. Um, he's something I would look out for if they got relegated, but. It really is just not. There's something missing there. I don't know what's happened to them. I don't know if it's the manager or what. To score goals. That's all it is. That's strike force. I'm sorry that that's not going to cut it in the Premier League. No. Is it Mc, McBurney and who else is it up top with him? Goldrick. Brewster. Brewster wasn't playing for the second half, mate. Yeah, you got you, you get away with it. But this is what I mean, though. They're, then they were clinical last season. They, when they got their chances, they scored. And this season, they're not. And you can't always rely on that in the league. Um, you had goals from all the areas of the pitch last season of Sheffield United as well. And now they just not now not no one's scoring. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's what it's what we're starting to see. Um, and they need to be a bit more loose and creative, not like they are now. Uh, they're a bit too rigid, and they're not getting the chances they need to really. Another thrilling match, Leeds versus Arsenal, nil nil. It was to be fair for a nil nil. This was quite a quite a good game. To be fair, um, there was lots going on. Um, Arsenal down to ten men as well. So after a stupid header from Pepe, I don't know what he was doing trying to headbutt the other Leeds player, but it wasn't bad for a nil nil. To be fair, I mean the one thing I say about Arsenal here is 
you couldn't tell the difference when they had an 11 and they had 10 men. I, they just weren't... Like missing they're, they're clearly missing the form of um, Aubameyang up top when he's not scoring. They're so reliant on him to get so many of their goals and they need to, okay. they need to get him back into He hasn't scored for about 700 minutes now in the Premier League. That's shocking. Yeah, it's just... Um, I don't know how much long Arteta's going to have with his current vein of form. Well, like I and said Leonard... the other day, this is like when Japan changed their flags. You know, it was no change whatsoever. Arteta's um, <laughs> oh, come in and he's kept the same formation, the same tactics, and he's getting the same results. But everyone seems to think he's going to do something magical with Arsenal. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to be another mid-table club again because they're just not doing anything. Two yeah. games in a row now, they're just not producing chances. And they were very lucky not to, uh, not to lose. Yeah, Leno bailed them out quite a few times, to be fair. Um, he did thought... like three times as well in the second half. Yeah, Pepe was poor again. Um, obviously got sent off as well. Yeah, it's just, just um... the whole of Arsenal were poor. Like, Arteta is going to be one of the first managers sacked this season. You're if he's not, then Arsenal Bold. just idiots. Bold statement. Bold statement there, Gary, as usual. Gary, they're, they're, it's a project though, right? It's a project team. A project that's the exact same as what Unai Emery had. And they haven't <laughs> progressed since then. You know, Arteta's just come in and basically carried on Emery's work. Could you say the their defence is a little bit better? Well, you could say that, but then you haven't got any attack either. So they've yeah. just sacrificed their attack for their defence. So they're still getting the same results at the end of the day. They're getting draws against small clubs, defeats against big clubs. They're not picking up points. Why you know, last season they were 8th or ninth. They only qualified for Europe because they won the FA Cup. Why is uh, Lacazette not playing with Aubameyang in such poor form? Surely they'd give him a chance. He has the quality to score. Well, ask, ask Arteta. It's his project. <laughs> I'm asking you. I'm asking you. <laughs> Gary really doesn't like Arteta. Like, he's the one making decisions. Like He's jealous he's, of that perfect he, hair. He's, jealous, he's, 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 he's doing it all wrong. Like... When he took over, he should have changed the formation. He should have changed the tactics up. They've got such a good attack. There's so many goals there. And he's like, now we're going to play counter-attacking football. Three at the back. Have one shot a game. And just hope we nick a 1-0 win. Like, that's not how you should be playing with that group of players. (laughs) One shot a game. (laughs) Moving on then, before Gary blows blows his head off over fucking Arsenal's form. Um... What have we got? Less Liverpool versus Leicester. No one predicted the Liverpool win, bar me, being the only non-Liverpool fan here. Um, it was a good game, to be fair. You guys did really well, I thought. I'll let you guys talk about it, because you're both Liverpool fans. It was a great game, I thought, in my opinion. Well, yeah, for those of you that don't know, we had um, Gary's virtual birthday party on Sunday. <laughs> we all gathered around to listen to the game. Um, on the uh, yeah. I mean, none of us, um, none of us Liverpool fans predicted a Liverpool win. We're all very doubtful going into it. Although Gary wanted to change his mind last minute. I did. Um, <laughs> but for me, I actually think the um, Van Dijk missing from the team has invited other teams to be more attacking. Um, they think the game's there for the taking, but that's the worst way to play against Liverpool. If you attack Liverpool, they're going to do that to you. They're just going to flip it on, flip it on its head. They're going to press the he- the heck out of you, and you know they got. A th- it was an amazing performance. I thought. No, like you said, other teams are like mixing up their play against us. 
because they think, oh, we got more of a chance because we got Van Dyke injured, we got Gomez injured, we got Henson out, we got Salah out. They think, oh, we've actually got a really good chance here. And then what they don't realise is the players that are on the pitch are prepared to give just as much as the ones that aren't. And they get punished. Like, I think there was a bit of nerves in the Liverpool players until Johnny Evans' header. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see that header ever again. You know, it was just so perfect. Like, he just Incredible. doesn't move and he just hits him. <laughs> like He's looking around at the other defenders like, come on, go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really know how that was scored. But, you know, it definitely settled the nerves. And all three of our goals were from headers, mm-hmm. which we don't yeah. normally see. Like, we don't really have many players that are considered... Yeah, we don't have any yet. target men or anything. No. So, Jota obviously had that great run. Like, I think we're all very surprised about that goal. Because that just shows some real quality to make the run and score with the header all in one go. Uh-huh. Like, you don't... Like, that is world-class play. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone, someone's become a massive fan of Jota all of a sudden. I, I have. Like, I thought we spent a bit too much on him in the summer, but he he's really like repaying the price tag now. And like, mm. considering we only paid a small amount of that up front as well, he's already paid it over ten times. Um, but Firmino obviously scored a header. <laughs> it was shocking the throughout the game. Anyone over Firmino? Here we go, Gary. You can have a ten-minute segment on for me if you want. No, during the game, he could have had a hat-trick before he scored. But he was just so wasteful. And that is why he's not going to be a starting player next season. There's no no way he's going to be starting next season. He's, he's just not good enough to score. Like Unless Klopp finally moves him into the midfield, he's not going to yeah. be starting unless one of the front three are being rested. But... Oh, I mean, that's a big, that's a big statement because Klopp loves Firmino. He, he says he's the only player that's world-class every single day in training. Although we're not seeing it at the moment, I do think he's going to start scoring again. Um, I mean, whether that kicks off from, from last Sunday, we'll see. But I just, I think he's so important to that front line, even when he's not scoring. People joke about, you know, that he's a defensive striker and everything, but it's more just the passes he makes. He, he does pass like a, a central attacker midfielder. And maybe you're right, maybe he does need to drop back, but... For me, I'm, I was so chuffed to see him score what I'm you called being... an average header. It, it was a pretty average head, header. Like anybody <laughs> should have been scoring that header. But um, yeah, I, I haven't been pleased with him since probably like two years now. Just because since mm. we've gone to a more defensive style of play instead of the all-out attack that we knew from Klopp when he first came. When it was mm. the all-out attack, he had so many chances, so he's putting them away. So it looked like he was a really good striker. And he's mm-hmm. pressing really well, winning the ball back. But now, whenever he gets the ball, he kind of just stumbles over it. It's almost mm. as if he's lost his control of the ball as well as his finishing touch. <sighs> and, like, he, for me, he needs to be dropped into midfield. Because, like you said, his passing is really good. He can create chances, but he can't finish them. So, as that number nine role, he has to be finishing them. Or he needs to be dropped into midfield or the bench. Uh-huh. Like, I still love him as a player. Like, he's done brilliantly for us over the his career with us but right now we need someone like Josso who's putting away his chances yeah and I, I know we kind of joke about Curtis Jones a lot but I just, kind of looking back at the, the looking back at the game I was actually you know I found myself really impressed and the, the biggest compliment I could probably give him is that he didn't really notice anything he did wrong he just kind of slotted in he he did his job and um 
Like he made yeah. one good run, which I was happy with. But yeah. he's still one of those midfielders that just kind of contributes nothing really. He's just there to yeah. fill in the place. Like you could put Jay Spear in, in in his place there, and he would have done the exact same. Really? Like <laughs> maybe, really, maybe. he really does seem to be that kind of player. Like yes, he scored the odd wonder goal in the FA Cup and League Cup. Yeah. But in the league, he's yet to put in a performance that goes, oh, he could contribute 10 goals a season or 10 assists a season. But yeah. right now, he's just like, oh, he played. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I get <laughs> you what know? you mean. Yeah, like he just needs to add something else to his game. Otherwise, he's just an average midfielder. Uh-huh. And, and you can't Fabino have and... in the team going for the title. What did you make of the Fabinho-Matic partnership? Like, we I... already know how good Fabinho is at centre-back. Like, he's uh-huh. shown it so many times already. Do you think he's better at centre-back than he is at, 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 in the midfield? Ooh, I wouldn't say that, no. I, pref- I prefer him in midfield because he's actually really good at breaking down teams sometimes. And you don't really get to see that when he's at centre-back. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's really adapted well um, when he's been called upon at centre-back. And, and I think we just need him and Matip to stay fit for the next month. Yeah. <laughs> just so we can get to the transfer window. Mm-hmm. Because this is how, this next month is going to decide how our season goes. Because we've got yeah. the remaining group stage matches in the Champions League, and then obviously so many league games in December. That if we can get through it with a fully fit, well, with nobody else getting injured for long term, and with a relatively decent amount of points, then we still got a chance of the title. However, if we kind of get a few injuries and crumble this month, this next month, then it could yeah. be season over before we've even got to the transfer window. Yeah. No, no. If it was a good game. Um, definitely won. I think um, I was. Surpri- I'm not surprised you won. But this is what I mean about Leicester. A little bit toothless. So um, it definitely keeps in the tire race as well, where it's heating up. A um, couple more games. We'll just all go through quite quickly. They weren't exactly um, great games. Um, Burnley versus Palace. It was only a one nil for um, Burnley in the end. Um, keeps them out of the relegation zone, I believe. Um, yeah. Fulham are now in it. Fulham, which puts Fulham in it. Um, Palace really being toothless again. I don't know why I predicted them for a win when it's basically a retirement home. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, bit of a nothing game, really. Not too exciting. Two fairly standard teams. Um, Burnley maybe finding their form, um, but not a great game. Is there anything to add on that one? Well, no. Apart from Burnley getting the early goal, which meant they could just kind of sit back and defend. Yeah, that's the Burnley yeah. way. Yeah, Palace were missing Zaha, obviously, because he uh, tested positive for covid so they missed him so they had to find great sympathy as they looked decent townsend was atrocious couldn't put a ball into the box every shot went high and wide but the main talking point was benteke nearly equalizing right at the end but nick and pope he, made a benteke really did. good save mm-hmm. and yeah. like nick pope just showed you why he should be in, in england swat because he was so good like he didn't make a single mistake he made quite a few decent uh, saves. There was one point where Dwight McNeil played a pass back from the halfway line, didn't even look, just played it back. Um, and I don't know, can't remember who the Palace player was. I think it was Bashwai, was basically through on goal, but Pope like anticipated it so well and was able to stop any possible one-on-one situation. But yeah, that that's what Burnley need to do. They need to score early. Get you know there was a lot of luck involved in the goal, but they need that. And they also need Pope to be performing at that level. And then they can sit back for the rest of the game. <laughs> exactly. That's, exactly. that's the Burnley way. That's how they all get mid-table that's every how they year. Play. That's how they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we expect them 
to they'll move up the table now as well. Like, now that they're at the relegations, they've got that win. They'll start moving off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the last game of the weekend, it was Wolves versus Southampton as a one-all draw. Um, bit of a, again, nothing too much of an exciting game. Uh, fairly dull. Uh, Walcott got his first goal for Southampton in that game, which was, um, ended up being cancelled out by Neto's in the second half. But again, just a standard game, really. Anything to, any extra, extra to add to that one, guys? It's not a game I watched, to be honest. But um, don't blame me. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking for Wolves to start getting some, some more consistency going. But even in the grand scheme of things, they're still sat. Um, I think they're level on points with you, right, Adam, of West Ham. I believe they right. might be. I believe they might be. Yeah, then then ninth and you're eighth. So um, in the grand scheme of things, they're only six points off the top. But that's just the way the league is this season. It is quite close. Um, I don't mm-hmm. expect them to be up there come the end of it, but yeah, they're not they're not doing too great mm-hmm. this season. Wolves, which is a bit surprising, but um, anything to add on that one, Gary? No, it was a boring draw. To be fair, <laughs> both, both teams scored their, one of their only chances, pretty much, and it was, it was the most boring game of the weekend, basically. Okay, so we'll move on then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the weekend roundup. So the next big talking point. Um, Moving forward, it is the fans are back. Fans are back now allowed back in the Premier League ground, which is great news. Um, if you're desperate to go back to a game, um, I personally won't be going back at the moment immediately, just down to the way I've renewed my season ticket. Um, there are some finer details about how many fans could be allowed back into the ground, but you're not going to see um, the, 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 sta- the, the stadium noise being turned off. Now, when you watch Sky Sports, it's only going to be a couple of thousand, maybe each ground, and that depends on what tier you're in. Um, it's not going to make much of an impact. Having a few thousand fans there is going to be very, very dead. Um, but no, it's good news, though. It's good to see the fans are back in the grounds. I think it's going to help a lot of lower league teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Oh. oh, you go ahead. Oh, you go ahead, mate. Okay, okay. It's, um, <laughs> I was going to say it's a similar thing to what they've done in America, obviously with a much smaller number. But it is a step in the right direction, and it's you know it's a victory for every football fan, especially those that that get to go. But I guess every stadium's going to be like the Etihad now. So, <laughs> oh, got that one in. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's not going to make much of a difference. Um, but it is good news, though. Um, fans have been waiting for this for a long while. Um, it's not really going to make a difference to Premier League teams, though, is it? No, like, two thousand people in yeah. a sixty thousand seat stadium, like. You might as well yeah. not bother, really. <laughs> like, there really is no point. Because yeah, they're going to have to fork out all the bill for now, like policing and uh, stewards in the ground. Yeah. That by the time... Is... Like, I understand it's a step in the right direction. Like, I don't doubt that. But yeah. this is probably going to cost, cost clubs more to steward it than it actually is going to be worth getting the money in. Um but my, my main issue with it is it's 4,000 fans if you're in Tier 1 area, 2,000 in Tier 2, and then zero if you're in Tier 3. So lower league clubs potentially can have 4,000 fans at one game and then zero for a different team in the same league. So you've got one club getting 4,000 people's worth of re- revenue in mm. while your rivals are getting nothing in. So there's going to be really harsh implications for any t- teams in tier three still because yeah, everyone in tier one and two in. are going to be get, gaining revenue and they're going to be able to spend that in January time. Whereas you're yeah. still just relying on the uh, rescue package, which is good enough, but 
it's not going to allow you to progress, whereas your rivals are now getting a rescue package. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be... 4,000 people. That's not going to make a difference with Premier League teams, as you say, but teams in the lower divisions, a few hundred fans can help. But obviously that also does depend on um, how financially sound they are because this this money might be keeping them afloat. It may not even be available for the transfer window. It might literally be they, they've got it and it's literally their lifeblood now. Um, and, the, and, the, and if it gets... Obviously, we go back to another lockdown, they may revoke it again. Um, it makes it uncertainty. It's, it's also a very odd time to allow fans back in. Personally, um, I've personally until the vaccines there, it just it seems odd because one minute we're in a major lockdown, it's definitely going to end on the second December. That's confirmed now, but there's all this talk of it just being a respite, and then obviously because everyone's going to be intermingling over Christmas, the numbers will go back up again. But I'm a bit of a pessimist, but it just seems a bit of an odd call. Now fans are allowed back in, but they weren't allowed back in during the summer when arguably the cases were a lot lower. Um, it just seems a really random time to do it. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that, but it just seems a really random time to let fans back in over the Christmas period, which is also flu season. I really didn't expect fans to be allowed back in this season. But I think yeah. it's more to do with the fact the government don't want to keep forking out loads of money in rescue packages for sport. And they're just kind of like, well, hang on, if we just allow them something then they're getting some kind of money and they might stop arguing, moaning about it so much. Mm. And I think it's just kind of the government just kind of going, okay, yeah, you guys win. You can have your, your way. And we see this so many times, like with the gyms up in Liverpool uh, when they were tier three, they just allowed them to keep them open in the end. Because they're like, okay, everyone's moaning. You just do what you want to do. And I think they've kind of got to that point with the fans now where they're yeah. just like, okay, well, you guys want too much money. Just have some fans. Yeah, and then it's going to... Well, hopefully the vaccine will be here in time. We won't see a massive implication. Also, I don't want it to prove, prove a point. Um, I'd rather everyone turns up and there's no cases at all because I'd love to go back and watch West Ham as much as it pains me watching. I'd love to go back to the ground. Um, but it needs to be at the right time. I haven't even... I don't think I've been back. I've been to the ground maybe twice this year. Um, and usually I've been about 20-odd times by now. So um, it would be nice to be back, but it has to be at the right time. Um, it's, it's It'll be interesting to see moving forward. So an interesting one here. Um, I've written down Klopp's controversial statements. It wasn't controversial as per se, um, but he did get quite heated regarding the situation with um, Sky and BT and the fact that they don't really talk and it overloads the players with fixtures. Um, for example, um, a lot of you, um, their play, your players were um, on international duty on Wednesday and earlier. You're playing early on Saturday. Sorry, what, what day did you play on? You played Sunday night. I'm, yeah, that's Sunday not the... It's not. It's not this game. It's sorry. It's this. You're playing this Sunday, and then you're playing Wednesday, aren't you? In the Champions League. Yeah, we're playing League. this Wednesday night yeah. against Atalanta in the Champions League. Yes. And then a twelve forty-five kickoff on Saturday against so Brighton. Not, yeah, that's where it's I'm, a bit. Um, I'm sorry, but could someone explain something to me? Um, I I didn't believe that Sky and BT fight decided the fixture dates and times. I thought that was the organisation. Yeah, so everyone's defaulted in the Premier League to a three o'clock kickoff time. Uh-huh. And then obviously Sky and BT then choose which games they want out of their package. Uh-huh. And they can go, right, okay, so we'll have, um, so this week it was Newcastle, uh, Chelsea. They go, we'll have that game at half 12. Oh, I see. Okay. So then your game gets moved from the three o'clock Saturday daytime slot to the 12.30 to accommodate Sky. And obviously okay. this week they've decided Liverpool Brighton will be the early game. Um, on Sky, but mm-hmm. obviously we're playing three o'clock Wednesday night on BT against Atalanta in the Champions League. Now, 
normally if you play on a Wednesday in the Champions League and a Thursday in the Europa League, you play Sunday day, uh, Sunday yeah. daytime, uh-huh. or, or Monday night. You don't play Saturday because otherwise it's just too hectic. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure we now play Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So we play three wow. games in seven days, when in fact we should have been playing Wednesday, Sunday, and then I guess we would have to play again Tuesday. So it's one mm-hmm. of those where Klopp moans, but you know the alternative to not playing Saturday would be Sunday, and then we'd still have the game on Tuesday in the Champions League again anyway. So yeah. either way, he'd be moaning about it. Um, this is probably the best scenario for us anyway. Because of where we're at home on Wednesday, yeah. So you will be surprised, though, Simon. There is a lot of sway of mm-hmm. what Sky and BT have to say in these games, and this is what pisses a lot of managers off. Clearly, that you know, yeah. as well that they move, um, they move games to ridiculous times. Like if you're going, if you're a West Ham away to Manchester United, it'd be on a Monday night. Like how the how a West Ham fan supposed to get out there is is, is more that, more to it than that. But, I can, but from Klopp's perspective, mm-hmm. um, I can see where he's coming from. There isn't much communication. It doesn't affect lower teams in the lower part of the league too much because they're, they're not in the um, European competitions but I can understand what he means like what, why are they playing mm-hmm. Sunday night when they've got to play maybe Tuesday or Wednesday mm-hmm. gives them no rest time so if you're going to be in the Champions League you'll want to be playing either Saturday evening or Saturday 3 o'clock you don't want to be playing um, Sunday night having Monday to rest Tuesday you've probably got to travel and then Wednesday you've got to play the game so yeah. you, you want a two three day window arguably either way but um, it's not the first time Klopp's moaned about this as well, so I took it with a pinch of salt because he, he, he's um, yeah likes, likes a bit of a moan about these kind of things. Um, not like yeah, he's I was going to I was going to say that, that seems to be you know what he he's done it's it so funny. many times since coming to England. He's moaned about moaned about the fixture schedule. But, yeah, I mean, this time he previously and now he moaned about okay, interesting. But he, he, he yeah, likes to run his. I mean, he actually called out like BT and Sky this time. I guess that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, he has he has done the right thing as well, saying that. But um, yeah, it's not the first time. There's really nothing we can do this year, though. You know, unless we want to play in Europe, we we have to put up with playing midweek and then on the weekend. They can they can definitely review it in the next seasons to come. But um, But this year, like there is no spare time. Like you can't go. Okay, we'll play it this time. Like you have to play midweek weekend if you're in the Champions League and Europa League. Like there's not enough time between the European Championships to not do it. So we just have to kind of get on with it this year and just hope that next year's schedule, when we got the extra month and a half next season, is a bit mm-hmm. better. But this season, we just kind of have to accept it because nothing can change. Because if we weren't to play on Saturday, there is no other time for us to play. Because if we played on Sunday, we'd be playing Sunday, resting Monday, and then travelling and playing this game on Tuesday. So yeah. we really just have to kind of accept it this year. Yeah, bite the bullet and move on. But um, Klopp is right to bring it up. But again, he just needs to um, wind his neck in a little bit of moaning every other week about certain different things. is getting a bit annoying. Um, title contest. It's been the most exciting it has in years, I think. Um, 12 teams have just seven points of each other. Um, and nine teams have been six points at the top. So it is quite close. Um, and no one's really pulled away, which is usually what we expect by the Christmas period. We usually can say... Right, it's going to be these two teams or these two teams. It's there's a lot, but as you say, on that um, on there, nine teams have been six points and twelve teams have been seven. It is close. Yeah, we're obviously only like a quarter of the way through the season, though, so we don't really expect anyone to really pull away. But normally, you have one team as a yeah, standout, there is... and this season there really isn't 
one. It's what confused me with the commentators. I was listening to West Ham on Sunday and they said, um, you got you can't look into the stats. It's too early in the season. And then they pre- they proceeded to present loads of stats showing one way or another why West Ham would win or lose, etc. from this season. So well, you can't have it you can't have it both ways. But uh, we're a quarter of the way through though, and you, you usually start to see a trend or like a um get a rough idea of what's gonna happen. But I think it's gonna be quite an exciting one this year. Probably not good for you guys because you guys probably wouldn't want to be walking away of it, but as a as a person yeah. it's not it's, it's, it's going to be, it makes it closer, that's for sure. Yeah, it's almost impossible to predict. You've got some great London teams in there, really competing for the title. I mean, it's hard to put your money on anyone right now, but from a neutral point of view, it's this is what you want from a Premier League. You don't want someone to run away with the league. That, that's what can make the league format quite boring sometimes, is when someone's so far ahead, you know, all you're really fighting for is a Champions League spot or a relegation spot, and but now you've got this real thrill and excitement and yeah, it makes the whole season that much more exciting. Definitely. What's your thoughts on it, Gary? Do you, do you think you've got any predictions who's going to might, might, may or may not run away with it? Or? Well, like I said earlier, I think Chelsea are the team that everyone kind of needs to watch out for because they do look really good. I really don't want them to win it. Um, Tottenham, I think they've got the players, but I don't but think... Will they, they be Spursy about it? They, yeah, they're not consistent enough. Like I know they're top of the table right now, but City didn't play anywhere near they can the other day. And they've had a few results where they've got a lucky 1-0 right at the end, which I guess you could say is title contender material, but I just don't think they've got it for the whole season. Kane, we know, is going to get injured at some point. Like, every season he gets injured for at least a month, and that's when the Tottenham downfall starts. As an England fan, it's not hopefully not close to the Euros. Yeah, like last year we were really lucky because of where he got injured close to the Euros, but then obviously he got delayed, so he didn't miss it. But with a compact schedule this year, he's either going to have to be rested a lot or he is going to get injured for a month to two months, which I reckon will be around a new year time, which would then be when we see Tottenham just start free-falling, really, because Bale still hasn't really come Mm. into his own for Tottenham. And Son is on a form a little bit, so you may find that they could do better this time. But again, as you say, um, that that link up to any sort of reason they're doing well. If you yeah. take one out, what happens? We've seen it in the Europa League as well. If you take them two out against very poor opposition, they cannot do anything. So if you take Kane or uh, Son out of the team in the Premier League, they then become even worse against a much better opposition. So I think if they miss what either of those players... They miss, a, they lose out on a lot of points. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean Leicester are sitting in fourth right now, but I don't think they're going to be really competing towards the end of the season. I just don't think you can rely. I mean, you're talking about Spurs relying on Kane and Son. Leicester are so reliant on um, Jamie Vardy, and I don't think one player is going to be enough to, you know, to get them to a title. Um, although they did win it, and I know a few years back, but they had they had Mares. Um, different management tactics Kante as well, and Kante, of course. Yep, and I just don't think Brendan Rodgers is really yeah. a serial winner, to be honest. I Seri- yeah, I don't think it's going to be as close as um, it looks now because I think a lot of teams, mm-hmm. when, it, when the crunch comes down to it, I think we'll start to see a lot of them fall away. But yeah. I think Chelsea, Spurs might be up there. You guys will definitely be up there. I mean, Southampton um, probably won't be, if we're honest. No, no, but um, it's close at the moment. And I think we'll see these teams push for top six. But as you said, I don't think winning the league is going to be out of reach for quite a few. But um, yourselves, Chelsea, 
Um, maybe Everton under Ancelotti. You may see that they've got the pedigree for it. Uh, unless we see a resurgence from City, I don't think they'll be up there with you for a long time. So it will come down to being a two or three horse race. It's not as close as it is going to be now, but it makes for interesting viewing to see. Maybe we might be surprised. We never know. Um, but again, um, it's, it just makes for good viewing. It makes the league a little bit more exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, like I like the fact that it's so competitive and anyone can beat anyone this season. But I think mm-hmm. we've all got to be very careful as well because if, say, Southampton and Everton qualify for the Champions League next year, I can't see them going on to win it, which would no. then screw up our coefficient and then we could potentially end up with everyone is really three Champions about. League teams. Well, no, yeah. it's nothing we do have to worry about because if we only have three Champions League teams, then it's no longer, oh, we got to get top four. It's we got to get top three. Yeah. And then yeah. that becomes a real worry because you lose out a lot of money then. But to There's be a fair, lot less money coming into the league. It seems to be a theme in Europe at the moment, though. So, if I mean, if teams like Southampton do qualify, we might see. Um, I mean, who's top of the Serie A right now? If they were to qualify, that would make things, you know, interesting. Right, I that, yeah. yeah, I understand what you mean, but I think it would be like we would have to kind of worry a bit if them kind of teams did qualify because it would be like a one-season thing. Like you wouldn't expect Southampton to be in top four again next season. Yeah, like, it's just not what you'd expect. So we do. We just got to be careful that we don't lose that fourth Champions League spot as a result of clubs yeah, like, not doing what they should be in the domestic leagues. Because like Man City like, definitely yeah. aren't doing what they're meant to be doing. Like mm-hmm. with the amount of money they spend and the manager they got and some of the players they got, they should be brushing aside most of the teams in the league, and yet they're bottom half of the table. Like that's just mm-hmm. not good enough. Like the time West Ham qualified for Europa League through um, fair play. Yeah, and then you lost. <laughs> Astro Gugu. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of farmers. Like, <laughs> lost to Astro fucking Gugu. Like, I remember I went to one of the games with you. Yes, I like their two, goal, their two goals were like the worst goals I've ever seen. Just massive deflections and stuff like that. Like they didn't look like a team of footballers. <laughs> they just got the ball yes. and booted it as hard as they could. Um, and that's what we've got to be careful about. Obviously, this year as well is the final year before the Europa League 2 is introduced as well. You're very interested in the Europa League 2, aren't you, Gary? I am, because I'm still not sure how it works. <laughs> like, I don't know how you qualify for it. Like, no one's really made it clear. But, I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think they're just going to choose whoever the worst team that qualifies for Europe is to put in that. But what is interesting, interesting. about... Um... That Europa League two is it? How like is it? Is it, is it going to be the Champions League, Europa League, and then? Um, yeah, Europa so that's League the League. new third tier, basically. What a boring that's going to that's going to be. Destroyed. That's basically the League Cup of the champion of the European football. That's going to be an absolute trollop of a league, though. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> one team <laughs> one team qualifies for England, one from Spain, one from it's one basically from all the big nations. And I think if you finish third in your group in the Europa League, you drop down into the Europa Conference League, as I believe it's called. So basically, it's going to be a tournament no, no, nobody watches, because why would they? <laughs> it's just going to be a bunch yeah, of teams from San Marino. Yeah, it's not going to be in. a particular... I think it's probably more for teams out there, maybe, but it's yeah. certainly not us. If West Ham were in it and we went for it and won it, that would be great, but I just can't... It's just very, very... Um, yeah, well, that's, that's, enough, that's enough thing is... Um, um, Simon's got to jump off early, everyone. So um, it's been a pleasure having you on, my friend, and we look forward to speaking to you again on the Sunday show. So cheers for coming on and sharing your opinions. It's been great. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Speak to you Sunday. Speak to you Sunday, guys. See you later, mate. Bye.
Bye-bye. Yeah, so just to wrap up on the Europa League 2 points of view, as we were talking about a moment ago, uh, it'd be interesting to be part of it. But as you say, it's going to be very small teams around the continent. I think it's probably more for them than it is for Premier League teams. Um, but they really need to stop teams going out of the Champions League, going straight into Europa League. Cause it kind of devalues the tournament. Um, and if they get knocked out of the Europa League, they go into Europa League too. So it, it shouldn't really be like a waterfall system where teams from the top go down to the next. Because it just... It just Makes it a little bit less um, special, really, because the West Ham get all the way to like the final stages, and all of a sudden, like Real Madrid are there. You're thinking, what the fuck? Like, well, I think that's why this Europa Conference League's been like introduced. Because obviously, if you go further in Champions League, you go into Europa League, and those teams are normally favourites to win the Europa League. So if you're in the Europa League and you finish third in your group, you go down to Europa Conference League. So it's almost a way of going right. The smaller teams now have a chance of winning a European tournament. Mm. Like it's mainly just to make more money. You know I would love West Ham to be in it and win it. There's no doubt about that. Like, um, it's yeah, just not... I think it's definitely something that you kind of want to be the first to win it. But after a few years, you'll I think... think the only way English teams win it is uh, can qualify is through the champ, uh, not champion, the League Cup. Yeah. And obviously, if the League Cup winner already qualifies for Europa League or Champions League, then it'll go down to seventh place or even eighth place. I don't even know how it works right now. So either seventh or eighth place. If say Man's uh, not Man City, we'll say Chelsea wins the League Cup. I think they're they're already out, but I think they are. I don't even know at this point. We haven't had a League Cup for You're so doing long. Well, here you go, your stats. But say going. if say if Chelsea won the League Cup and then qualified for the Champions League through league position, either seventh or eighth takes that Europa Conference League position, which just gives someone like West Ham the chance to be in Europe for once. Um, but yeah, they nice. they yeah. really need to stop the demotion from Champions League to Europa League and Europa League to Conference League because it does ruin the tournament. Like you start yeah. the tournament and say, I don't know, Lazio, they st- say they start in the Europa or even AC Milan this year. They started in the Europa League. They're the big team in the Europa League. Expect you know, to win it, yeah. They've started so well. They've won most of their games. Um, they've got such a good team. They're in good form in Syria. You expect them to win. Europa League but then all of a sudden Real Madrid finished third in their group because they haven't started that well they finished third and they're all of a sudden they're the favourites for the Europa League that for me is a bit harsh on AC Milan who have put so much into making sure they get the results they qualify from their group to all of a sudden go oh yeah you're against Real Madrid this round you're like thinking, the first oh, the what's the point of me putting the effort into yeah. this round and then all of a sudden... You know, all of a sudden you're going, well, hang on, why don't we just play the kids? And, you know, and this is why the Europa League doesn't get taken seriously. Yeah, because you put all you, you put your main players at risk to qualify for the knockout stages just to find out you're playing one of the best teams in the world because yeah, they had a bad yeah. month, you know. So it, they really need to stop the demotion. If you're out of a tournament, you're out of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, if you like going if, we, for, if if you lose yeah. in the FA Cup, you don't go into the League Cup. You know yeah, that's yeah, not how it works. Yeah, you're, not, you're knocked out of a cup, you're out of it, um, and you just have to qualify again that season. You don't, you shouldn't be getting double like two chances at a trophy. It's exactly. just not fair. Yeah, exactly. if, if you look at teams from like San Marino and Gibraltar, they go into say the Europa League straight away, and okay, they're not going to win it, but. They're not, definitely not going to win it if all these Champions League teams... Because this is the thing as well. In the qualifying exactly. stages of Champions League, if you lose, you go into Europa League. Like It's just a never-ending cycle of, oh, you keep losing in the Champions League and just have another chance at the Europa League at the next stage. You know, that, that, that shouldn't be happening. 
100%. if you quali- if you at the start of the season you're a Champions League team, you don't then go into Europa League. Yeah, definitely agree with you on that one. If it, yeah, no, definitely, no, thank you. No, I don't 100% agree with those points. It's it, it does. That's why the Europa League is a bit of a joke of a competition because that's what ends up happening. Um, that's something it that definitely needs to be reviewed. So moving into the weekend's matches coming up, some not not too many exciting games this weekend to talk about, but there's a, there's a few points to, to come across. And um, we won't spend too long on it because we usually can talk for a while. But as I've said, there's there's only one or two in there you think that's an exciting fixture to tune into. Mm-hmm. So first up. Um, Palace versus Newcastle. I've gone for Newcastle. You've gone for Palace. You've, you've gone Palace. You've gone for a draw. Sorry, Nabil's gone for Palace. The Simon has joined me going for Newcastle. Um, both of the basically the hot and cold teams playing each other, so it could be either a stalemate, a good game, or one team might do well and the other team does crap, or vice versa. So I think Newcastle might have enough here, and I think this will be a game that Palace just don't really um, do anything. Yeah, it's one of those games where it could go either way, but. I'm kind of feeling this is the nil-nil this weekend. Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't see goals coming from either team. Might probably be a, like a bloody, um, like a, like a Zaha penalty or something. <laughs> something yeah, bloody. like you're not going to see anything special in this game. It will be a low-scoring affair, and I fully expect it to be nil-nil. So I've gone for a draw. New, I think Wilson should still be out injured. Uh, Zaha, I'm not sure how his COVID test will decide whether he plays or not because uh, obviously if he tests positive again this week he won't be allowed and I'm not sure if he still has to do the 14 days I'm not sure if that's a rule still so he could be out if Wilson's out as well you know that's the two goal scorers missing and it would like you say come down to a penalty or even a corner um, so yeah I just it's just looks like the boring game for this weekend yeah 100% I don't think I'll bother tuning into it myself but uh, I'm sure I'll catch it on match today, and no, my luck, it'll be a four-goal thriller. Um, one for you guys, then. It's, it, this is good to see. Brighton versus Liverpool. Everyone, for a change, has gone for a Liverpool win. Um, I don't, there's not too much to say about that. Lalana's injured. Um, Brighton have a half-decent team, but it depends on what Liverpool turns up, and I can't see the, a poor Liverpool team turning up here. Um, I think if you need rest of some players, I think you'll have enough here to overthrow Brighton. Yeah, so I think, uh, like you said, Lana should be injured. Like, I'd be very surprised if he did play. Uh, Lamptey obviously got a second yellow, so he's out, suspended for this game. And he was their real spark this season. So they've really now got what I perceive to be a championship team with the players they got left. And if Liverpool can't beat a championship team, then we're not going to win the title. <laughs> but this is definitely a game which I really, really expect polite, us to win. Really polite. No, I fully expect us to win 2-3-0. Um, they shouldn't really possess much of a problem. The only issue we do have is obviously playing Wednesday night and then having to think about Tuesday as well. So yeah. we may end up resting a few players, um, which obviously won't help us. But I think whatever team we put out, we should win the game. Yeah. Um, I think we saw... We I think everyone was a bit omnibus after the... Um... When you played Leicester, thinking what Liverpool are going to do now, obviously because you're struggling a bit, but I think that's sort of casting doubt aside. Even if you've still got a great squad there, and I think you've got um, every opportunity to sort of win the league still this season, even without Van Dijk. Mm. City versus Burnley. Um, we've all gone for City, but I've just written it differently. Um, I think City. If they don't beat Burnley, I think that's <laughs> the season's over. But if they don't beat Burnley, I mean, geez, like. Um, 
they need yeah, to stop. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, if they don't beat Burnley, their season's over. They might as well just yeah, go it's... to bed, really. Because um, they won't the be Champions playing. I'm not, I'm not saying they wouldn't come back from it, but, geez, like, if they can't beat Burnley, I mean, blimey. Like, I think the thing with City it? is we know they can go on, like, a 20-game winning streak. Like yeah. that that's in their oh, locker. They, they've got the their best eleven beats everyone's best eleven. There's no doubt about it. But for some reason this season they just don't all seem to be clicking. I know they've had a few injuries here and there, but they don't look like they can just swipe a team away. Like they haven't had that five nil convincing win yet. And like obviously Aguero looks like he's gonna be back. They I said this on Sunday, they need to start playing Phil Foden. Uh, Sterling's got to be in there. Mares looks awful this season. He just doesn't look oh, the player yeah, that he does. Yeah, they made a massive mistake as well in letting uh, go of Leroy Sane because he is one hell of a player. Like oh, him and yeah, him and Sterling was, uh, on the wings would be great. Yeah, I he's injured for quite a bit for them, but I think we forget how good he was when he was fully yeah. fit. I mean, geez, what a player! He, he was, was a real star player, and then went in the leagues. Um, and he obviously he went. He was kind of under the radar because of De Bruyne, Silva, Aguero. But he made such a difference in their title-winning seasons. Um, but yeah, I, I fully expect City to win this one. I don't think it will be the 5-0 that we're waiting for. But I think they should definitely score two or three. Uh, should be a comfortable victory for yeah, them. Yeah, I fully expect them to win it. If they don't, then geez, like what's good? You know, yeah. like, I wouldn't say Pep's going to get sacked, but they really just start thinking what on earth is going on over there that they haven't got the... That's the thing. I was so surprised he signed a contract so early in the season. I know. We, when we, they're we, not doing we very well. It. Yeah, so I, there may be some get-out clauses in there. I'm not saying there's a reason for him to leave, but we may, you may see there are some particular... What's the word? Um... A t- I can't remember the exact word, but there's a little particular clause that sort of allow him to maybe leave if he wants to or step yeah. aside. But um, it, it, I think I feel it's meant to be Burnley. I think that we'll, we'll find them nicking it. And uh, Phil Foden, as you say, is going to be got to be their focal point moving forward. They've got to build a team around them. Yeah. Moving on, Everton versus Leeds. Two of us have gone for Everton. Um, the Bills gone for Leeds, and Simon's gone for a draw. And I can see why. Um, I can see why you might have gone for a draw. They're, big, they're two good teams. Um, Leeds have been struggling largely, and as you said, they learned how to defend against Arsenal, but Arsenal really didn't attack them that much to sort of yeah. say they've learned their lesson. Um, Everton's think... going to be much more in their face. Yeah, um, oh, there's no doubt. Leeds' the way defensive frailties yeah. will be shown again. Um, I think Everton will fresh them. I think this could be an absolute demolition job. Um, I think Leeds would score a goal or two, but I think Everton could hit them for five or six. Yeah, uh, I, like can, I can see the way attack they've then. got for that and the defence of Leeds. I think this could be the highest scoring game of the weekend by far. I think I say that for every Leeds game to be fair on a weekend, yeah. <laughs> but this I really could be because Everton will find a way around him. And I think Ancelotti's really getting them playing well. Um, a bit jealous, really, because but Everton have always been a big team. Um, so there's no doubt that they've got they're going to have a, they're going to give it a good. Um, Good go against Leeds, and I think you might, as you say, if they can find their, their rhythm as Everton have most of the season, they can just destroy Leeds easily. Um, and it's scary the form that they're on as well, some of their players. Uh, moving on again to West Brom versus Sheffield United. This will be a game I will definitely not be watching. Um, I, I've, I've gone for a draw. Um, you've gone for Sheffield United, and I can understand that one. Um, and the Bill and Simon have both gone for West Brom, but it's so hard to predict with these two teams. I mean, geez, like, 
what can you what can you say? Um, it, it's just going to be an absolute snooze. It's going to be a very scrappy one. Yeah, yeah it's going to be scrappy. I, I just don't know who's got the fight in them. If anyone's got the fight, it's Sheffield United. But West Brom do have some good players in their team. Um, what are your thoughts? Is there anything we can talk about on this one? I'm I'm struggling to sort of see anything here. Really. Two teams that really struggle with goals this season, um, but. I think Sheffield United, I keep saying it, they're going to have to find their form from somewhere. And I think this is the kind of game which is perfect for them. Is it against another weak side? This is where they can kind of experiment a bit with their play and really try and find the formula that works for them without the fans there. Um, I still think Rian Brewster needs to be playing. And this is the perfect game for Brewster to start in because it's against technically a championship side. Yeah. And we saw how good he was in the championship last year. So this is where yeah. he can come up, start from the beginning, get 17 minutes under his belt, maybe grab a goal, and that will give him so much confidence because he still needs that first Premier League goal. Yeah, as soon as he gets but that. Once he gets that, I think we're going to see a different Rian Brewster. But you love it's, a, it's Sheffield United side. A Sheffield United side never creates chances, especially not the way that Brewster wants them. They're very much high ball and they need to slightly adapt their play. And I think Chris Wilder's been a bit complacent in that regard. He doesn't want to change what worked well last season. You know, we're in a completely different situation now. He needs to change it up. He needs to look, go, right, Brian Bruce is the main part of my team now. I need to build a team around him, play the way that suits him. They'll get him the goals. And, you know, in the Swansea team last, last season, Brewster scored goals and Swansea weren't conceding many. So he can definitely play in a team that doesn't concede many, but Sheffield United really need to pick it up. It's a must-win game for both teams. So yeah, it, is, it's, it's, it was a draw. But, could, yeah, definitely. But I would like to could see... could define their season a little win, bit yeah. if they win or not. It's a six-pointer for either of them. It is early on, but it could be a six-pointer. Yeah, definitely. Um, to get either team away, give them a chance to push forward. Um... Where are we at now? Southampton versus Man United. That would be a bit more of an interesting game to talk about. Um, I have gone for a draw with this one. I think it's... Unless United get a penalty, I can't see them winning. I think Southampton uh, might surprise us here. Um, but you've gone for United win. The Bills has gone for a draw and Simon's gone for United win. So no one's going for a Southampton out-and-out win. Um, but I think it will be a close game. Yeah. Um I definitely think it will be decided by one or two goals. It's not going to be a clear win for either team. But I think United, you know, I think Southampton are going to start going downhill a bit. I keep saying that. And they got the draw against Wolves yesterday. But Wolves kind of outplayed them. Um, and now I expect uh, United to can't, they, they need to... They need to have that big goal-scoring game. Because they're not having that at the moment, United. I think this could be the kind of game. Because we've seen Southampton's defence, how fragile it can be. You know, if we go back to when they played Tottenham, they conceded uh, five or six, was it? In that, like, 6-2, I think it was. And, yeah, this is the kind of game where I think United will score quite a few goals. But it will be close. It's not going to be a demolition job, but United should win it. Yeah, you would think comfortable. Yeah, and you think they would as well. Um, but Southampton, no pushovers. They're doing really well. They're up there in the league, um, and they've got some quality players. So... I think it could be a draw. Um, I can't see unless United they get a penalty or two. They could they could do a, they could easily win United. We always know they can, but 
Um, I think Southampton might have enough here to keep them at bay. Arguably the game of the weekend, Chelsea versus Tottenham. Um, I've gone for a Spurs win for this one because I think they'll have, they might surprise us here and um, find their way past Chelsea. You've gone for Chelsea. The Bills gone for a draw and Simon's gone for a Chelsea win. Um, I can see why you guys have gone for Chelsea. They're probably argue the better team of the two, but I think Mourinho might surprise us here against his former club. I think they might you might find they might find a way in here. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Tottenham did find it because they're, they're finding the right formula at the moment. But I think Chelsea are just too good, and like I said, I think they're the number one contender for the title at the moment. Um, they haven't conceded many of their scoring, so I think this is the kind of game. But Mourinho against Chelsea, you know, his old club. This is where we we kind of learned about him over in England. Obviously, mm. he did more at Porto before he went to Chelsea. But I think this would be a real statement by Mourinho if he was able to get one over his old club because it would give him that breathing space at the top of the table as well. Um, I think Chelsea will be too good for them, though. But I really wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho found a way. Yeah, I think like, he, I would. I wouldn't surprise me if he could. He finds a system here, and he's got his Chelsea team playing well. Yeah, um, I think we could. He could surprise us here. I think he could. Um, might he might nick it. It could be a close game, but um, it could be like we could look at a three two or a two, uh, or a two one. But yeah, um, Chelsea are a great team. At the end of the day, they can score goals. But I think Spurs and their system they're playing in the moment might find a way in. Arsenal versus Wolves. Um, I'm the oddball here, going for a Wolves win. I don't quite know why. Um, you've got a draw, and the Bill and Simon both going for Arsenal. I think Wolves really could do something here. Um, and if Arsenal lose again, I think we could see the end of Arteta maybe. But um, Wolves, they're, they're established um, in the league. They know what the way they want to play, and I think they could find a system here to beat um, beat Arsenal. It's not exactly a hard job at the end of the day either. Yeah, I think we're going to see a very bad spell of form for Arsenal at the moment. And like you said, I think Arteta's uh, could be sacked if he loses. I think definitely come January, if Arsenal are outside the top 10, he's got to be gone. They need to find something that works. It's Arsenal fans are not people that accept mediocre uh, like mediocre performances. And that's exactly what they've been getting. Way below par. Wolves, I don't think they've got enough to win. Uh, Nuno Espresso whatever his name is. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, he's really not happy with Wolves at the moment because the, they're too reliant on Jimenez. And he's saying that, like, okay, Neto scored for them last night, but they need more goals from other areas of the pitch. Ruben Neves is someone I've been kind of disappointed with. You know, he, he was such a player that I thought, oh, he's really going to take the Premier League by storm. You know, when he moved to the championship with Wolves, I was like, whoa, like what is going on? Yeah, like he he should be a big name club, not they, in I the think, championship. Yeah, and now he's Wolves like is he's still playing by, every um, game, but he's kind of. So you have to think, remember though, Wolves is basically run by that super agent uh, Mendes. I can't remember his full name. Um, that is basically who runs them. Mm. If you look at if you look at um, what um, their signings, they're all from him, and I think he. That's I'm not surprised he went to the championship because he probably got told. Um, Give it one season, they don't go up. That's um, we'll move you on again. But yeah, they, that is the one of the reasons they've got so many great players at their club and lot so much Portuguese players as well. Yeah, but they need to find that formula that allows them to score more goals from other areas because they could they could be back in the championship if they don't 
start scoring from all the areas because uh, okay Nesso that was his second goal of the season but Adama Traore has hardly done anything this season Nevers has hardly done anything this season Samedo's been pretty quiet uh, yeah. over the last game or two like they just not get like since Matt Doherty's left they've really struggled for goals also, I don't think Mac Doherty, Mac Doherty was quite as key for their goal-scoring form, but Jota, uh, there you go as well. One of that he could have been a great player for them, and they've missed out on that one. But um, yeah, I just think Wolves be, be, they, they'll find their feet. Um, but again, they're just uh, struggling a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, but I think Arsenal are struggling too, so I think that's why it'll be a draw. Yeah. Both teams kind of just not really at their best at the moment. No. Um, they're not. They're not. It's not all there. But I wouldn't surprise me if we 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 could go either way in that game. Mm. Last two games now. Uh, Leicester versus Fulham. Clean house of Leicester. I mean, there's not too much to say here. I think Leicester will just clean the house with Fulham. At the end of the day, um, Vardy for a field day because he a Vardy hat trick as well. Um, thoughts on that one? Yeah, so I think it's a bit like Mark Lawrenson on the BBC. Like he'll always predict a Liverpool win, and I think we're always going to predict a Fulham loss. Like <laughs> we, we're just never going to choose any other result. It's hard um, to say otherwise, though, is it? You, you can't really. Yeah. Blame, I mean, unless they're playing West Brom or Sheffield United, or like a Burnley, then or a Palace, I just expect Fulham to lose. Yeah, um, if anyone is at the bottom of the table, you can see why you might go the yeah. other way. But I mean. Unless they really need to bounce back, because they like okay, Liverpool were really good yesterday, but Leicester were very poor. Like, I I, I didn't really recognise any of their players like for a standout performance. They were all very much oh yeah, we're just here, like we're just filling the spots today. Uh, nobody really tried turning up, um, so they've really got to bounce back against Fulham if they want to be consi- seen as these title contenders, like they kind of want to be seen as right now. They need to turn up against Fulham and just put on an absolute show. Yeah. Otherwise, no one's going to take them seriously again this year. But there is quite a, they've, they've done a good depth, so I think we might see them turn up and do something. But as you say, they need to win here to prove a point. Hmm. Um, last but not least, last but not least, we'll wrap up with this one. Nice game. Monday night football, West Ham versus Aston Villa. Um, I've gone for a West Ham win, as I always will. Um, but then you've gone for a draw. Nabil's gone for Villa, and Simon's also gone for Villa. Um, I can't understand why, but you have to show West Ham a little bit of respect here. We've been in good form um, for quite a while now, um, doing our job silently. If anything, I can see it being a draw, but now I've said that, I've probably just literally gifted Villa the win. Um, we're, 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 we're in um, one point of each other currently in the league, but Villa do have a game in hand. But we, we, we do we can do well against them. Uh, we have a good system at the moment. I think if, if Barkley's still injured... Um, Villa might find it hard against us. Yeah, I've gone for a draw simply because West Ham, they've scraped the last two games 1-0. And I don't think Villa are going to not score against you. Like They're going to score a goal. Um, but I can't see West Ham scoring more than one goal against them. So I think it, I'll be surprised. Like you could do, but at the moment, the teams you've been playing, you should be scoring more than one and you haven't been. And this is West Ham's problem. Like when That's you expect fair, them to no. be doing well, they they scrape stuff or they don't do as well as you expect. And then when you don't expect them to do well, they kind of turn up. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a close game. I think, like even you just said, you you wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a one or a two all. Um, I can't see any team running away with it. Um, 
we have to give Villa. I have to give Villa respect because of how well they have been doing so far this season. But they did, they did I do expect them to be going downhill at some point. Um, but I Is think West Ham. Yeah, it could be the game. I wouldn't be surprised if West Ham did nick it like they've done in the last two games. But yeah, I think it's going to be a very close game, and it's just yeah. too hard to call. So I've gone for the draw. I can't see Villa winning it though. I can't. So if either team does win, I would expect it to be West Ham. But keep, keep it very neutral here, Gary. As usual, <laughs> keep it very neutral. Um, but that's it for this week's predictions. Um, it's going to be an interesting weekend of football. Not the most exciting weekend, but it will be a um, a good weekend of football to watch, nonetheless. As you've already done the um, guest to play, we don't have to do that. But it's been it's been an interesting discussion with you, Gary. I think it's been it's been a good it's been a good discussion. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's nice to talk about the Premier League every week. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice it's back as well. Um, we had, and we did have Simon briefly as well, so it was nice to have him on board. <laughs> nice to own a podcast without the bill. Yeah, it's another. Yeah, so it's our night off about the bill as well. <laughs> I don't know if he's a listen to it, so we can say anything we want about him as well. You we, we, we may never know. So thank Slag you for everyone. Yeah, it's like <laughs> So thank you for everyone listening in. Um, it's been a pleasure. Do give us a like and follow on all of our media platforms. We really do appreciate it, everyone that listens to the show. And I'll speak to you all soon. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you.